Welcome to more than a few words in marketing podcasts for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And today we're going to be talking about working with small businesses and some of the challenges of designing things for small business clients. Joining me today is our entire creative team. Um, it's a huge organization. Yeah, you're going to meet everybody this morning. Um, we'll start with Jenna. Um, Jenna, say hi and tell people who you are, where you came from, what you do. Hi, I'm Jenna, uh, the art director at Round Peg. Before I was at Round Peg, I was doing ad design for the Angie's Book magazine. Cool. And we are very glad that she's here now. And um, also here today, some of you met Peter last week if you were listening, but Peter, tell them a little bit more about you. Yeah, I'm a, uh, the production artist at Roundpeg, so if you, I generally work with web and our web project, um, putting those things together. Um, I am uh, from Michigan, um, so that's one of many unique things about me, but um, it just means that I get lost in Indiana a lot. <laughs> And on, uh, but fortunately, you find your way here most oh, yeah. morning. <laughs> and um, also joining us, Allison, say hey. Hi, I enjoy long walks on the beach, <laughs> jellyfish, <laughs> and of course, spending time with the Roundtake crew. Yeah, and the jellyfish, um, if you'll be watching our Twitter stream a little later on today, you will certainly see photos of the newest office pets, um, which include not so live jellyfish. Um, but this morning, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges, I think, of being a graphic designer and um, having a genuine uh, artistic bent and having that collide with projects from clients. So um, I'm going to throw it out. What's the toughest thing about working with clients and finding that balance? Uh, I would say probably and you learn all these things and you get all these skills and you, you want to make everything look your best and sometimes that clashes with what your clients want and the ideas they have so it's kind of finding that happy medium you know you want to stay true to yourself and the things that you think look good but also make them happy because in the end that's the most important thing yeah it's difficult to not take um, so if you're like if you're talking to a client and they're giving you feedback which you want, and sometimes you have to beg and plead for feedback, um, but sometimes there's a trick to not taking it personally and separating your your personal, um, yourself, your personal artistic bent from, um, what, from, from what you're doing. But, you know, I've, I've sat on both sides of the fence. I started my career on the other side. I was, I was the client. And I've seen some fabulous designs that graphic designers did and beautiful ads, and you couldn't find my logo. And I understand that the dominant image needs to attract the customer's attention, but it should be, I mean, I think there's also that how big should a logo be in an ad? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> they, they almost want it bigger, but I think that kind of, um, depends on how big the ad is and where it's going to be, who's going to see it. If it's something, if you know that the people who are seeing it have seen it over and over again and are going to recognize it, I think that it can it can go smaller to make room for more important things, especially if you're, you know, tight on space. But I think that's something you kind of learn by doing it is what the, what things are important to the client, what things are important to you, and how to 
start out giving them that so that they aren't disappointed when they see like first draft. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I just had the last one I saw some of the new. I think it's the new one of the newer Diet Coke cans where I thought the designers just played the best joke ever. Where they designed um, one of their new one of their one of their new can styles with just they decided to just blow the Diet Coke logo like far larger than could they could fit on the can, and it looks really interesting. Um, but of course, it's how big do you want this logo? Well, they get you know they make the logo can. Which is something you can only do with your brand. It's super recognizable. Yeah. Coke could get away yeah. with it. Well, and really and truly, when you pick up a can of Diet Coke, what else, you know, it, it's not like the ad where maybe you want to have a cute picture of the polar bear or something. I mean, really, what else do you want on the can? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw some, uh, over Christmas some 7-Up cans that were, um, I don't know. I took them because that was all we had at Christmas party, but um, <laughs> Not a Seven Up fan. No, uh, but the can was like a disco ball. There was like the Seven, there was like seven Up logo. There were all these tiny little circles, just all over it, and it was so busy. And I'm sure someone thought it was exciting and edgy, but I couldn't recognize even what was on, even even what it was anymore, and I had a problem. So, okay, worst worst design you've ever had to do. That's really hard for me because I had, when I was working at Angie's List, I had such a range of different clients and different uh, services that I was uh, working with that I, you know, I was doing ads really fast and I got a lot of strange requests. So I would say probably the time I was asked to make a bouquet of plungers is one. Um, Plumbers asked for some interesting things. I've had to make a rainbow come out of the toilet. Um, <laughs> and, and that didn't go in your portfolio. No, it didn't. I didn't make it. But, yeah, um, I, all kinds of things. You know, I've made animal, just pretty much anything. Bullet points out of everything. I've made bullet points out of bubbles, hammers, bows. Pretty much anything you can think of, I've had to make it to a bullet point.
decline issues, and you were talking about um, what makes us what work makes, best with the client. Makes us work best with the client. Yeah. Um, when you when you comment and you, when you come to a designer for a website or you know a tripod for a shirt or whatever, um, you need you know it, you need to come with an idea of what you what action do you want someone to take when you hand them a brochure. Um, you know, it's not just you know it, it may just be for informational like about us. This is what our business does. Um, but after that, after someone learns about your business by visiting your website or looking at your brochure. What's, what's your end action? Um, whether that's just to give you a call or to contact you, um, like uh, you, you just need to, to, to have that in mind. I, I think that um, you also need to um, think about um, kind of what you think looks good and let designers know that on the front end. I think if when customers come in and they hand us a brochure or a flyer and they say, I like this. I kind of want it to look like this. We may not always agree, but at least we sort of know what their tastes are. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges also is um, when customers can't separate their personality from their brand. Yeah, that's I definitely a lot of people um, in, who wanted in their ads when I was at Angie's List, they would want pictures of their families in there. So seriously personal things in there, and we were just like, you know, you've got a, a small amount of space, and it's probably not the best way to utilize that, so. Yeah, and it's, I mean, your favorite colors, your, you know, oh my gosh, I love chartreuse yeah. so much, but just because it's your favorite color or something course, or something corresponds with your interests, like, you're really into, uh, you know, new wave music yeah. or something, like that style, personally, that doesn't mean that's what's right that, for your business. That doesn't mean that's the best way to sell it because we we actually have taken entire classes on color theory. So we pick the colors we pick for you for specific reasons. And just because you love America doesn't mean it needs to be red, white, and blue every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, when I was a carrier, we did a lot of research on our different brands and we identified very different segments of the population. And what we found out was that all of Carrier's management were ca fell into the Carrier brand. None of our management team was the typical target customer for Bryant. And so every ad we did, they hate it. And I finally had to explain to them this and said, you know what, I don't care. You're not our customer. Go look at the Carrier ads because they're for you. Yeah. The Bryant ads are totally for a very different market. And I think that's important is, is Separating out, um, you know, you may like purple. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, if you, oh yeah, there are stories. <laughs> there, there, there are stories about purple where some. It's a fantastic color. <laughs> In uh, small doses, it's a fantastic color. But what is it saying about you if it's all over your website it's or true. all over your logo it's or like, you know? Garlic bread is awesome, but you put like garlic powder on everything. <laughs> Allison, do we have a comment or a question from the board? No, I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> yeah, because well, and, and I think you know part of it is Allison has to sit back there and and listen to the comments and the conversations as we're um, uh, as we're looking at some of these design suggestions. I do have one. Allison has a question. When was the last time someone asked for old school like letterpress on white paper? Not sure I understand. 
I haven't actually had anyone ask for that, but it's also something that, I mean, we don't have access to. I, I did when I was in school. We did a lot of letterpress because IU has um, some of the oldest letterpress equipment in the country, so we actually were really fortunate we got to work with that quite a bit. But um, that's a really specialized thing. I mean, it looks awesome, and it's really cool when you can do that, but I haven't actually ever been asked for something like that. Okay, stupid question. What's letterpress? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually setting the, the blocks of the letters onto a machine, and you, you, know, you ink the machine. And you like Gutenberg style? And like you roll it, yeah. and yeah, that's, that's how you get it. And you, know, you, you do it once, you want a different color, you reset it up, and you put the ink on again, and you do it again, and it lays on top of it. Wow. It's a really cool-looking process when you can get it done, but, yeah, it's really time-consuming. Like, if someone asks you to do letterpress invitations or something, you know, that's, that's an expensive job. I think that's part of the reason people don't ask for that. Well, and I think in the age of digital, I, I don't think people really um, value print the same way. I mean, I know when we were working with um, professional photographers, you know, 15 years ago, if you were a wedding photographer, three-quarters of your price was built into the production of that final book. Yeah. And now the brides want everything digital. Yeah, that's probably something more that uh, graphic design nerds would care about and not the general population. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, but on the, on the um, topic of photos, because, you know, I, I sort of drifted over there, how do you pick good photos and what makes a good photo, whether it's for a brochure or a website? Well, I think... Um, Definitely people, people, faces. Um, if, if your website is just a, bunch, a, a lot of text or some graphical elements, that's great. Um, but to me, I find it boring, and I know that other people um, uh, just respond when, when you see someone's face and you can make, um, you know, you can see if someone's something's got eyes, awesome, it's a person. Um, it gives your website some character, some humanity, so that. Um, especially if they're real people. If it's your business and you've got, you know, your employees or or, um, or, or you or whoever, or if you've got a face for the brand, um, that gives your web um, your website a little bit of credibility. And if you don't have pictures, like I know we've got a client who doesn't, um, just the way that, that that they want their website done, they don't want any pictures of actual employees on their website um, or anybody like that. However, I suggest in pictures of your building. Um, if you've got really, if you've got a facility that's really cool, you think people would be interested in, go for that too. So let's talk stock photos. You kind of raise that factor. You know, if you don't want your employees on the website, or maybe you don't have access to professional level photography, you know, some people think that all stock photography is terrible. Some people can't get enough of it. Some people love impersonating it in real life. What do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, we have access to some of the better stock photography sites, so I feel like we have a range. You know, we have photos that look like they're candid shots. They look like they could be have been taken by anyone. I mean, not anyone, but they're you know they're they're good quality photos. And then there are the others that are clearly a stock photo. You know, but some people want that. So the, you know, there's a, a wide range of those type of things, but. I think that stock photos can definitely be used in a way that isn't isn't just doesn't just scream stock photography. I think they can actually add something of value to your website, especially if you don't have the skills or the the means to get those photos yourself. 
I also think that, and it's different, I would say, uh, different rules for web and print. I think that um, with some of the cameras now, you can actually take some pretty good photos. And if you take, even, um, uh, I even have one that we did on a website that my husband took. Um, he was out camping, and he took it on his phone. Um, but he took it, shot at this pretty high resolution, and when we cropped it, it made a lovely background for a website. So that's the thing. Just if you are planning on taking your own photos, which I definitely encourage because that gives it a, a sense of really being you and really personal, but just make sure that you are trying to take those photos at the highest quality you can because that makes them so much easier to work with. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. If you're thinking about a new website, um, uh, try, try to plan for it. You're going to want, uh, you may want new photography. Um, uh, you know, you may want product shots. Um, and so that, that can be frustrating as designers when, we, when we're like going through a project um, for, uh, you know, a company that's got a product and all of a sudden there's no pictures of the product. And, I don't know. We recently had a design call where they were like, you know, it would be great, some, some pictures of our product with new labels right there on the page. And we were like, that would be fantastic. We can't do anything about getting you those. Yeah. So, you know, that's one case where we really have to rely on the client to get us those. We can certainly make referrals to photographers, give those suggestions about things to photograph, but the ultimate um, onus and responsibility is, is on the client. Yeah, there's a lot of magic that can happen with Photoshop and with graphic design software and our, and our skills as artists, but a little bit of planning before we jump into a, to a project uh, would be amazing. That can work. That can work miracles. So we do have a question from Twitter, um, and the question is, um, does anyone care about how logos look in black and white these days, or because of the web, is it really all about color? I think it's important that they read well in black and white, too, because you still have um, the option for things like getting them um, embroidered on something, you know, not necessarily doing that in color, putting them uh, just have icons on things. You know, sometimes you're printing stuff on a, a black and white printer and you don't have color, so I think you need to have a, a black and white version to use yeah. on hand. I also think that you need to be realistic that um, the uh, uh, looking long-term at your business. You know, today you may have, you're thinking you're only web, but if down the road you um, might have uh, something you want to embroider. If you have a very complicated logo, if you want to blow it up and put it on the, make it into a sign. Um, having a logo that is has been designed in uh, Photoshop. I see a lot of this. Uh, a lot of companies design logos in Photoshop. It looks great on the web. You can do beautiful things in Photoshop, but if there is no vector art version. When you go to put it on the side of your truck, or you go to put it um, on on the side of your building, you got no flexibility. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things to explain to clients too. Sometimes is the difference between the different file types and why we need specific ones because they don't understand. You know, they we've got we've got a JPEG, we've got a TIFF, we've got a, a PSD. Like, why can't you blow this up? You know, it, it's just. We can't do it. There's a, you know, we can recreate it and we can make it a vector and we can resize that. But if, if we don't have the right files, if you don't 
get the right file from whoever created your logo to begin with, then it's, it makes the process just a lot more difficult and time-consuming. So uh, what files should business owners ask for when they get a logo? Um, an illustrator file if possible, an EPS. Uh, I think those are the, the main, like, most important ones. Definitely. Um, the flexibility, like that, that, that's your base, that's your flexibility. Your logo should even be built there. A lot of times if I'm working on a logo or, or a logo-like um, project, I'll, you know, illustrators is where is where that is, does the heavy lifting. And then add, add a little bit of sparkle or shine or whatever um, in Photoshop. Cool. Yeah, so if your if, if designer or whoever does your logo sends you, you know, all the versions of your logo, you, and you think, oh, I don't need it to do anything with these. Now I don't need to save these. You should save them, keep them somewhere, because you never know when somewhere down the line someone like us who's building your website is going to ask you for those files, and it will just make a world of difference if we have those. Yeah, and I know I've, I've, I know of a, a company that does branding and things, and they, and they kind of give a vector package and uh, a PSD raster image package that, you, that they make their clients choose from. Um, which I think is a little bit unfair. That is. But if you're if you're faced with that situation where someone wants to do one or the other, you're gonna get, you're gonna make a better investment if you choose the vector. Yeah. One hundred percent. All right. So Allison, did you have another question? As you okay. So final thing, if people are looking to uh, design a brochure, tips for things that you've seen that work well and don't work well in brochures. Um, I mean, I think keeping the information to the right amount. You know, you don't want too little. You don't. You definitely don't want too much. You'll lose people's attention. I think on brochures, it's depending on uh, the service, but usually pretty important to have some strong photos in there, um, a good cover so people actually want to see it, and just putting things in the right place, just uh, the hierarchy and things like that. You know, I think for me, one of the things uh, is I always encourage customers to take their company name off the cover of their brochure. I mean, I know that it, it um, sounds a little strange because you're like, this is my brochure, but I really think in terms of the buying process, you have to earn the right to tell people who, they, who you are. So whether it's your website or your brochure, I always think you should lead with something that's important to me as a customer a strong image, a question, and then as you open it up, present me with information that makes me curious to figure out who are you and um, and, and then and go from there. Yeah, I think that's true because it's, it's not your business card. You're, it's, you're trying to give someone valuable information in there, so you don't want to come off as to wanting to sell yourself right off the bat. You know, you want to give them something where they want more from you. Yeah, and there's space. There's space on the on, on the uh, on the back of the brochure for all of the for all of the necessary information and your logo. Um, but the, the purpose of a brochure is, you know, um, something you need, to, you need to think about. But typically, it's to serve the customer with valuable information, um, and it's far less about you. It's more about them. So. So. Best ad that you've seen this season by anyone? 
What have you seen that you've liked? The holiday's been filled with visuals, posters. I think uh, I'm always uh, I'm always impressed by Target. They have sharp um, sharp advertising. They might be going. They might be the the whole red um, Target thing might be wearing a bit thin on people, but. Um, I do. I, I like. I like the look of their ads. They're, they're very distinctive. Um, I haven't seen it as much this year, but in years past, I could start watching an ad and I knew it was a Gap ad, like five seconds into it. I thought yeah. they. And I haven't seen any ads what for that. What happened to the Gap ads? They're totally gone. And it may not be good I that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were getting a little tiresome, but. Um, you know, it's kind of cliche, but I just still, I whenever I see ads or branding for Apple products, they just, something about the cleanness of them, I just, I want to see what they're doing all the time, so they just always catch my eye. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I really think that um, to some extent, a lot of what we've done with our look and feel um, has kind of moved in that direction, Very not not so. deliberately, but we've yeah. got... As a brand, we've gone very, very clean, very minimal. Um, I think a lot of people are doing that yeah. right now. It's definitely a big thing, just minimal, you know, just show what you need to show and, yeah. you know, don't don't clutter things. Clutter yeah. is definitely not. What I liked about, uh, about Target was that they had, like, this picture of, like, a, run, a Santa just running towards the Target store, which is, like, a strong, evocative image, and then they just had... Um, a short sentence and the Target logo, and that was really it. And it felt it felt pretty true that what Target is, and it wasn't busy. There was no loud music or jingling bells, which helped a lot. <laughs> um, and yet it was still holiday, and it was humorous. And, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think we are almost out of time. So, last suggestion: anything people should keep in mind as they're Working on their um, working with a graphic designer on design. Um, I guess I would just say again that trust us. We we're not out to you know push you out of your comfort zone, but we we study these things, we see these things every day, we work with all kinds of advertising and that type of thing, and we generally have, I mean, we genuinely have your best interests at heart, and we are trying to help you grow your business. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where we pay attention to a lot of the design trends that are going on right now, and your business doesn't need to be trendy. A lot of times um, it doesn't, and our clients who work a lot with um, you know, heating and air conditioning, HVAC companies, um, they don't need to be, you know, you may not need to be on the cutting edge, but um, let, let us show you a little bit of that stuff and see if you like it. Um, keep an open mind. Awesome. Allison's done. Folks, if you uh, have enjoyed today's program, if you'd like to learn more about marketing and networking, if you'd like to read Jenna's follow-up post, it will be up in a couple of days on um, why some things don't make it into the portfolio. Be sure to check our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.